such thing therein. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that the glorious church is your ultimate desire. Thank you. That as we hear these words, we are cleansed. We are imparted with life because of that ancient word. That ancient word ever true that keeps changing us anytime we hear it. We ask the Lord, this room becomes your sanctified, hallowed dwelling that your power and your glory shall be made manifest. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. You may be seated, hallelujah. Clap your hands for Jesus. Amen. Uh, I believe that um, God himself has um, arranged this meeting, hallelujah. And if you are here, I want you to know that you are blessed, hallelujah. And God is going to work mighty things in your life, especially in this season. Amen. Amen. I hope my standing here is not making your neck tired. Are you okay if I'm here? 
Come down. Down is fine. Eh? I'm very tall, so if you add my the, so can we can we take the stage downstairs so that it will be easier for all of us. Just speaking the language of the spirit. Thank you. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Now, the Bible says in Hosea chapter 6, first of all, let's clap our hands together for the president and the entire team. I realize that it's your 10th anniversary. Let's give God praise for that. Hallelujah. Amen. The number 10 speaks of the testimony of responsibility. Uh, so 10 is always respons- responsibility. Notice that 10, every time you see 10 in the Bible, it's 5 5. five 10 commandments, 5 on one, 5 on the other. And 10 virgins, 5 foolish, 5 wise. So it's 5 5. Uh, the number of 5 speaks of responsibility and grace. Uh-huh. So 2 is also the number for testimony. So the number 10 means. The testimony of responsibility in grace. Uh-huh. So there's a responsibility you must take even in grace. Why? The grace of God is to give you strength to live like God. So the grace of God has appeared to all men, teaching men to say no to ungodly living. Uh-huh. So grace is not licentiousness. Grace. Paul said in 2 Corinthians that three times we sought out the Lord concerning this weakness. And the Lord said to me, it is made perfect in your weakness. My grace is sufficient for you. So grace is strength. Okay, grace is not, we can do anything. It's a lie. Don't be deceived. You can't do anything. Anything you are doing will cost you. Praise the Lord. There's no way. Even Paul said it. The one who preached grace the most said this in Romans chapter 6, the verse 1. Should we continue to sin because grace abounds? God forbid. How shall you that are dead to sin live any longer therein? So Paul was saying that it, I didn't say when it's grace you can continue to sin. He said Because grace actually is the end of the flesh. And it's only the flesh that sins. So when you say you've entered grace and you are sinning, it's licentiousness. Hallelujah. You understand why I'm saying what I'm saying as we go on. So we are speaking about the glorious church and it's a a continuation to what we learned last year. How do you remember what you learned last year when Dr. George was here? How do you remember? Yes. Two people, quickly. It's a word conference so I can ask questions. Bible conference. Huh? It's a what? It's not a prophetic conference so I can ask questions. So what did you learn last year? Yes? Just two people, one here, one here. Yes, sir. Are you a leader? Ah, no, I need a member to say it. I saw a member, a lady's hand. Ah, ladies first. I've realized that when they say ladies first, uh, what a man can do, a woman can do, is only answering questions women don't like. It's not nice. Let the men go ahead. Please, ladies first. Quick, a lady's hand here. Oh, don't disgrace ladyship. Yes, 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 yes. I saw a lady's hand. Which lady can help us? You are not feminist then. <laughs> okay, someone, yes, sir. What did you learn last year? Okay, so last year we looked at um, the apostles' blueprint. Okay. And then Dr. John took us to the uh, formation of the church. Okay. Formation of the church. Okay. Of the church. So that's what we went to. Yes, Praise sir. the Lord. Hallelujah. Are you sure? Now, so what he said, the, the church has gone through stages the formation, the deformation, the reformation, and the confirmation. What we is on the premise of the confirmation of the church. Okay, it's on the confirmation of the church. So when you say um, 
your theme, which has to do with the, the after effect of the revival, the after effect of God's work, which is the glorious church. It, why? In Ephesians chapter 5, the verse number, are you going to project, project the script? Are you going to project it? Nice. Wonderful. You are working on it. Okay, do work on it. Ephesians 5, the verse 26, that it may cleanse it and sanctify it by the washing of water, which is the word of God. Then 27 says that, that he may present unto himself a what? Glorious church. That is without spot, without wrinkle, and any such thing, and it is without blemish, even unto himself. Now, if you look at that statement, um, the English puts it in a future tense, but the Greek in not same tense. Um, the Greek puts that statement in a tense called the aorist tense. Now, that tense is what the Bible says, and Christ has been crucified for you. It means it has done once and for all. What it means to say is this, that God has already presented unto himself a glorious church. And I'll show you the example. You know, when um, you went to school and you started uh, my first copy book, there was something that when you take that my free book, A is written a certain way, B is written a certain way, so A, B, C, D is already written. You have to retrace what has been written. Go together. Now, there's also something called a painting. You see that the drawing has already been drawn, but they give you pencils to color it. The church is like that drawing that has already been drawn. <laughs> because listen to this. In 1 Peter, he says, be holy for I'm holy. Yet Hebrews chapter 3 says, holy brethren. So in Hebrews chapter 3 verse 1, he says, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling. Consider the apostle and high priest of your confession. But Peter says, be holy. But Hebrews says, you are holy. If you don't understand the dual fold standing of a Christian, there will be a problem. Because that is where you will not understand that you are actually becoming what you already are. Oh, it's Jesus Christ. Simple example. When a baby is born, it's a human being. When a baby is growing, it's becoming what it already is. So you are born a human being. The, the fact that you were a fetus does, does not mean you are an it or an animal. The baby's inability to speak does not mean it is a creature that is not in the class of man. The baby at Gege Gaga is a human being. The ability for the baby to talk is expressing and growing in its humanness. So when you are born again, you are born of God. Your maturity in God is the full expression. That means that the church in Christ, because you see, he has abolished in himself and made in him one new man. Because he's a peace who has broken down the middle wall of partition. Ephesians 4, Ephesians 2, verse 14 and 15. He is a peace who has broken down the middle wall of partition and has made in himself of twin one new man. Then he says in Galatians 5 that in Christ Jesus there's neither female or male, bond or free, but a new creation. If any man be in Christ, 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17, he is a new creation. All things are passed away, all things are become new. But there's nothing new about what he just said. You still remember the sins you did yesterday. 
Wave your hands to Jesus Christ. If you understand this reality, good, wonderful. You will not realize that what now let's go to Ephesians. This will help us. Let's go to John chapter 20. Very interesting scripture. Thank you, Holy Spirit. John chapter 20. Jesus died and resurrected. And the Bible says in verse 3, Peter therefore went forth with the other disciple, this is John, and came to the sepulcher. Verse 4, so they ran both together, and the other disciple did outrun Peter and came first to the sepulcher. Verse 5, and he stooping down and looking in, saw the linen clothes lying, yet went he not in. Verse 6, then cometh Simon Peter following him and went into the sepulcher and seeth the linen clothes lie. Now, follow this. Verse 7. Verse 7. And the napkin that was about his head was not lying with the linen cloths, but wrapped together in a certain place by itself. When Jesus died, he was embalmed with bandages, aloes, and all that around his body, head to toe. It's the reason why when Lazarus came out of the tomb in John 11, they said, lose him, let him go. There was something around him. But Jesus has resurrected. And the bandages that bound his body was put somewhere, lined, was folded and put somewhere else. If you remember in the parable of the talents, what Matthew 25 mentioned, Luke's rendition, in Luke's rendition, Luke's rendition of the parable of the talent said that the servant, as Matthew said, had dug the ground and put his talent into the earth. In Luke's account, the servant folded the napkin and was waiting for his master. Because to fold the napkin, in fact, let's even come to modern times. When you go to a restaurant, there's something called table etiquette. If the napkin is folded and the fork and knife is on the plate in a certain posture, it means you are done. So in the Hebrew culture too, when you are doing someone's or doing any furniture as a carpenter and you are not done, you don't fold the napkin. So to fold the napkin means I'm done with your furniture. In fact, it's the word tetelestai. So, as the head of the church, his napkin is folded. But the body has not done what he has done. Though the work is already finished. Do you understand? So, God has drawn the picture already. But the church's work is to color it. That's how it looks like. That's why Ephesians chapter 5 says that, that he has already presented unto himself a church. Because you see, you think God is dwelling in the future, but there's no future in God that is not already present, which is not also already past. <laughs> That's why he does not say, I'll be what I'll be. He says, I am that I am. He can't, he, I am that I am. It means in tomorrow he will still be at I am. He will not be, he is. 
I am that I am. So that he may present unto himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. This is where the matter comes from. For unto us a child is born, for unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called wonderful. And his Bible says, and the increase of his government, there shall be no end. Please follow what I'm saying very well because I'm come to enter into something very interesting. Now, in Hosea chapter 6, the verse number 1, Come, let us return unto the Lord. Though he has torn us, huh? he shall heal us. And shall, though he has smitten us, he will bind us up again. And Bible says, after two days, he will revive us. And on the third day, he will cause us to dwell in his sight. After two days, he will revive us. Then on the third day, he's going to what? Raise us up so that we'll live in his sight. Then he says in verse 3, Then shall we follow on to know the Lord. He said, then shall we know the Lord if we follow on to know the Lord. He's going forth, is prepared as the morning. Hmm. And he shall come unto us as the rain, the rain. So when it comes to the conformation of the church, you cannot conform outside a standard. When you tell somebody to conform, then there must be a standard or a rule by which conformity must occur. That is why I'm saying that. The reason why it is called the conformation of the church means that whatever the head Christ has achieved, the body must replicate it for conformation. I had to say this so you understand that we are not going to do anything in the glorious church. That has not already been done. Because you see, we are more than conquerors. We are not conquerors. Conquerors, more than conquerors, enjoyed what was fought for. It's two different things. And more than a conqueror does not fight. Because they are beyond fighting. But they enjoy the victory as if they fought. If I go and fight and my wife comes to collect the belt, she is more than a conqueror. I'm the conqueror. <laughs> so Jesus is the conqueror. We are the more than conquerors. Are you understanding? Hallelujah. All right. So having brought your mind to this perspective, God is about to do a revival work in our midst. And the reason why, you know, Habakkuk also said, in the midst of the years, make known. He said, revive thy works. And in the midst of the years, make known. In wrath, remember. Now, when he was talking, he was trying to say that the, the revival of us is not for celebration. It's for his works. And his works, as John chapter 6, 28 says, that how shall we work the works of God? To them, believe in him that has sent me. So there's a revival of his works. Say revival of his works. And the revival of his works, not our works, his works. Not our works, his works. Look, you have to understand. The Bible even said in Ephesians 1, you know, when he was speaking about it, that, that we may know what is the hope, not of our calling. Of his calling. The calling is for God, not for us. Mm. Are we there? Uh -huh. What is the hope of what? His. So it is not our, his calling. 
And what is the riches of the glory of his inheritance? Not our inheritance. His inheritance in the saints. That means that God called you to inherit something in you. Mm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Can I repeat what I said? If you preach a self-centered gospel, you replace, for instance, all things work together for good. But we put our there. If Romans 8, 28, go there. It's our good. So all things are working for my good is not true. This is what the Bible says. And we know that all things work together for good. To them that love God, that are called not to, according to what? Our purpose, but his purpose. So the good is for God, not for us. Hmm. That means the calling is his calling. The inheritance is his inheritance, not my inheritance. His inheritance. Your inheritance is God. The Lord is your portion. <laughs> oh, am I preaching this? I need to break this. So when we start moving to what I'm about to say, it's, it's, it's a little bit heavy, but it's a little bit known. But I want you to understand that if we are entering the opportunity for the responsibility to bring to pass the coming of the Lord, then there are things we need to understand. It means that there's coming a generation whose love for God is more than is more than their love for anything. And that love is a base, is a is on the basis of God's love for them and God's decision for their life. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Are you here? There is a calling God has for us, an inheritance God has in us. And there's a reason for this. Now, in Psalm 110. The cry of this revival work is seen. And my Lord said unto my Lord, Sit thou at my right hand until I make thine enemies thy footstool. The Lord said to my Lord, Now Jehovah said to Adonai. So you can see capital L-O-R-D said unto my Small L-O-R-D. So these are two personalities. Yahweh is speaking to Jesus. So God spoke to Jesus. And they address themselves as Lord. So my Lord said to my Lord, Sit down at my right hand till I make thine enemies thy footstool. The works God is about to... So define revival in the simplest terms before I... I so I don't leave you into implying what it means. Revival is actually putting an, the inrush of life into anything that threatens to become a corpse. So anything that threatens to become a corpse is what is when, when, when the wind of life and the breath of life enters it, it, causes, it, it activates to become revival or it's revived. Because in 1 Peter chapter 4 verse 7, the Bible says, judgment shall begin from the house of God. I think 4.17, yeah. Thing four. First Peter 4, verse 17. It's a judgment shall begin uh -huh, from the house of God. So we've quoted this in time past to mean that uh, God is going to judge the house of God. No, it's beyond that. This judgment, the word judgment here is the word crisis or diacrisis, which means to say crisis will start from the house of God. So anything now happening in the world will start from the church first. The confusion of the world will start from the church first. To start from the church first. So it means that 
And of course, when it's a medical crisis, um, sickle cell, asthmatic crisis, it means the person is at the point where they are nearly dying. That's the reason why God is going to bring revival to the church. Because it will seem as if the church is at a critical point where it's about to die. Today, when you look and take your, you lift your eyes and examine the church, the church does not look like what Jesus left. No, 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 no. It can't be what Jesus died for. No, I'm telling you. Do you know right now, if you are looking for the best thieves, they are in church. The highest fornicators are in church. In church. Why? Christ has begun in the church. That's why all is required for the church. When the inrushing wind of God enters a body that threatens to be a corpse, that actually is what we call revival. That's what we call revival. Then he said that God is going to revive his works in the midst of the year. Say in the midst of the year. So there are years that are coming that God is about to revive his works. He's going to cause life to enter it again. To bring it into the place where it begins to manufacture and produce fruit. Hallelujah. But in Psalm 110 he said, My Lord said to my Lord, sit down at my right hand till I make thy enemies thy footstool. Now this is a very interesting statement. And many people have thought that this is actually in the millennium. But it's not in the millennium. Uh, Because in the millennium, God has no enemies. In the millennium, Satan is in the bottomless pit. So there are no enemies of God. So this has nothing to do with the millennium. In fact, this has everything to do with the church age and right before the second coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Where he will have his enemies as his footstool. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. But having said that, this statement was actually made after Jesus Christ died and resurrected. Remember he said that, let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus, who taught it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, and humbled himself and took upon the nature of a man, and was found in the fashion of a man, even lowered himself to become a servant. He said, wherefore God has highly exalted him, and has given him a name far above and better than any other name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow, every tongue should confess that he is Lord. In Revelation chapter 5 also, there was a coronation service, where before the angels and principalities and powers, Bible says Jesus was enthroned from the verse number 9 to the verse number 13. Bible says he was enthroned with riches, honor, glory, power, wealth, favor. So there was a coronation service for Jesus Christ. That was where God said to Jesus, sit down at my right hand and I will make me your footstool. But we know that in that coronation service, according to Revelation chapter 19, verse 20, you cannot have a throne without a crown. That is why the 24 elders, because they are seated, have crowns. If it is a throne, then there is a crown. So Jesus is in crowns and has a name no one knows save himself. That's what Revelation chapter 19 verse 12 says. So Jesus is enthroned with many crowns. But the oriental kings were not just enthroned with crowns. They had something also called footstool. So every king in those times had a footstool. When you sit on the chair, they put a crown on your head. There is what you put your leg upon. But strangely enough, God gave Jesus a chair. God gave him, according to, yeah, 
and here upon his head, go back, no, go back to Revelation 19, verse 12. Upon his head were many crowns. God gave him the crowns. God gave him the throne. But God said, I will give you your footstool. So the footstool is a promise. That means that he says, sit down until I make your enemies your footstool. Say enemies, your footstool. Hallelujah. Say enemies, your footstool. And the enemies here, I'm saying that is not in the time of millennium. Because in the millennium, the Lord will not have enemies. So what happens now is this, that when Jesus is enthroned and henceforth is waiting, the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 10, the verse number 11, it says, every priest offers sacrifices daily for, for the sins which cannot be taken away of from men. But this man, uh-huh, good at, but this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down on the right hand of God. 13. Let's read together. That means that the church is supposed to bring the food to this is what God is expecting from the church before he comes. Because he has promised his son a footstool. And it is the church's duty to do this. Remember, Jesus folded the head wrap and left the body wrap. Because there's something the church has to do. And actually that work is, we must bring his enemies so he can put his leg on it. Joshua chapter 10 from 12, Bible says, when Joshua had finished fighting the battle, he brought all the enemies of the people and told his soldiers, aha, yeah, yeah, see what he said. Mm-hmm. Yeah, keep reading, next, next verse. When you read the story down, you see, after they had defeated them, Bible says that he told his soldiers to bring the people they had captured and they put their legs upon their head. They put their legs upon their head. They, in verse 24, go to verse 24. They put their legs upon their head. So Joshua said, why? It was indicative that Once your head is under our legs. Look at that. And it came to pass when they brought out those kings unto Joshua. And Joshua called for the men of Israel and said, The captains of the men of war, which one come near and put your feet upon their necks. This is what God wants us to do to Jesus Christ. Oh, somebody hearing this. Is somebody hearing this? Is somebody hearing this? And how is this going to work? I mean, it's a serious matter to the extent that the Bible is that the word wherefore expecting is the same word that is used in Romans chapter 8 verse 19. For the annex expectation of the creature waited for the manifestation of the sons of God. That word wait is the same word, the word, you know, apegdokia is actually the same word that is also used for uh, uh, how Jesus is also waiting anticipatingly for you to bring his enemies to be his first I'm speaking about the glorious church. And the first thing the Lord is expecting from the church, his enemies must be a footstool. His enemies must be a footstool. His enemies must be a footstool. He is telling us that bring my enemies so I can place my leg upon their neck. Because Jesus has no footstool right now. That's what Hebrews chapter 11, 10 verse 13 said. He is expecting that his enemies become his footstool. Psalm 110 is a prophecy. That was fulfilled a thousand years later when Jesus died on the cross by David. David prophesied it and was fulfilled 1,000 years later when Jesus was crucified and resurrected and ascended. But there was an aspect of it that was a promise to Jesus Christ. 
He said, sit down on my right hand till I make thine enemies your footstool. So even God made a promise to Jesus and said, your enemies will be brought as the footstool. So henceforth, he is waiting. And you and I must present it. The coming of our Lord Jesus Christ is not dependent on the timetable. It's dependent on certain things the church must accomplish before he shows up. So we can delay his coming. Imagine you are dating someone, the person is in the States. And the person goes, I want to marry you in 2023. You're like, ah, no, 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 no. It's too early. I'm too young. Why 2023? Why the rush? That's the end. Your, your, your beloved asks, why not the rush? Like, why? Oh, don't come now. Why do you want to come now? No, 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 no. I'm not ready for Every man will decide that he won't come again. Or if he will come, he's come to spy out. Why are you asking he shouldn't come? I mean, somebody is taking attention. That's why you don't want him to come. And that's what you are doing to Jesus Christ. The Lord said, I'm coming. I want to marry, want to give birth, want to have businesses. Wait more. How will he come? We don't even want to. You know what the Bible says? It said that the spirit and the bride say, come. So the spirit can't say, come, and the bride is. It's a legal, it's a legal call that both of us must say in unity. The Spirit speaks to the church in Revelation chapter 2, chapter 3, chapter 4. He says, hear it. Let him hear what the Spirit says to the church. But the Spirit will say to the church to a point where it, you come to the place where the Spirit now and the bride are having the same thoughts, the same desire, the same language. So the Spirit and the bride, unison without rehearsal. Come! And it's like, you understand? Like, they said the same thing at the same time without contemplation. Then the Lord will show up. So truly, we are the ones delaying his coming. If we delay him too much, then for the reason of the elect's sake, that they will not be deceived because of the Antichrist, he will come and shorten the time. But if he, if he still waits for a lot, a lot, that's why he will look for the people called overcomers. So if the whole church is not waiting for him, he will just look for those who are ready and come for that. So he can stop the Antichrist from advancing. Hallelujah. Are you here? He is waiting for his enemies to be made his footstool. He's expecting. His head is lifted in anticipation. He's awaiting. Oh, and I love what he said. He is no, creation is not waiting for the manifestation of the Son of God. Creation is waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. Because their corruption and the bondage which came by corruption can only be granted liberty through the sons of God who have entered his glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And this footstool is what the Lord is waiting for. This footstool is what the Lord will place his feet on. And how is it then? Remember that the Bible says that in Colossians chapter 1 verse 18, he is the head even of the church. Even Christ. Let's go there. Colossians 1.18. Huh? He's the of the body, the church. Who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things might have preeminence. Then Ephesians 1, the verse 21 also said that he gave him to be the power to be the head to the church, which is his body. Ephesians chapter 1. Uh-huh. What? Verse 22. He gave him to do a power. Yeah, 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 yeah. To be the head over all things to the church. 23, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all and is in all. If Jesus is the head, like we have said, and 
he is expecting a footstool. That means that the head which is Christ is expecting his foot to rest on his enemies. And the foot which contains the leg, the toes, ankles and all that and the sole of your leg is what part of his body. So the head is Christ, but the place his foot or the, the part of his body that will rest on the enemies is the foot. What that means is that the head is the highest part of any person's being. Jesus is the highest part of our, the body of Christ. And the foot is the lowest part that touches the earth. That means that the feeblest, weakest, littlest believer will have authority over enemies. The day we come to the place where the littlest, newest, babyish Christian can dominate God's enemies, he's coming. That's where the church has now gained a footstool. <laughs> no more fear. Nothing scares none of us. The freshest convert is random witches and wizards. You see, movies has, movies has added witches and wizards and dwarfs to the list of principalities. God didn't add it. Principalities, powers, rulers, wickedness in dark regions. There is no witch and wizard there. You know why? Witch and wizards are men who have become enterprise for hell. God does not recognize their power. But television has given you, you've even made witches and more than Satan. Do you believe you have power, Satan? Yes! We've overcome the devil. Do you believe you have power, you're a witch in your house? Mm, mm, no. Oh, that my auntie, she's wild. <laughs> Who gave that, your, that witch in your house power? Is it not the devil? Yet you believe you have overcome Satan, but you, are, you don't believe you are. And you see, Satan has magnified the weakest amongst them. That's why I like what Jesus said. He says, of all men born of a woman, there's none greater than John. Yet the least in the kingdom is greater than John. The least in the kingdom. Those who are the babies, those who are the feet level, those who are the lowest part of the Christian experience will have authority over God's enemies. They'll dominate fear. They'll dominate hatred. Love will not be a problem for them. In other words, in the days to come, when they say a baby Christian, he will, he will not have a problem with lust. He will not have a problem with spirituality. It will be easy for him because he has come to the place where his enemies are his footstool. That's where the church is coming to. Amen. I said, that's what the church is coming to. Amen. Oh, I can't hear you. See, that's what the church is coming to. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. And you can see that this is the Lord's desire. This is the Lord's desire. This is the Lord's desire. The Lord can't wait for this manifestation to occur. This is the Lord's desire. And I'm saying that the, the enemies here are not in the millennium. These enemies are to be fought. It means this experience is in the church age. The first tool of the Lord will be presented in the church age, not the millennium. In the church age, Jesus is going to receive his footstool. I said in the church age, Jesus is going to receive his footstool. I said in the church age, Jesus is going to make, receive his footstool. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. 
And so you see that in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 25. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 25. Let's, let's see. He said, for he must reign till he has what? Come on, let's read together. What does it say? Oh, let's read again. He must what? He must reign till he has put all enemies under his feet. And that is what he said. He must reign until he has put all his enemies under his feet. So if we are going to bring the footstool of Jesus Christ to him, then how is he going to do it? Look at the next verse in Psalm 110 verse 2. The Lord shall send his rod of his scepter out of Zion. Rule thou. Verse 2. Rule. Aha. Rule thou in the midst of thy enemies. The Lord shall send the rod of his scepter out of Zion. Rule thou. In the, so in other words, God is going to give you power. Look, Psalm 23 is going to happen. You will eat in front of your enemies. Let, let, me, let me give you a powerful scenario. Then Jesus and heaven's protocol is this. He loves, because of his love that is corrupted, he shields from danger. But when God loves, he exposes you to danger. For Jacob loved Joseph and knew his brothers hated Joseph, yet he sent him to those that hated him. When Jesus came, what did he tell us? I'm not sending you a sheep amongst rabbits. I'm sending you a sheep amongst what? Wolves. So I'm telling you something. That statement, go where you are celebrated, is not necessarily scriptural. Because Jesus doesn't send you to who celebrates you. He sends you to who wants to chew you. Can I preach it? When God called Moses to go back to Egypt, you know his face was on, on the wall as a murderer. So Moses was like, why are you sending me to where they are looking for me? God is always going to send you to places you are wanted at. Oh. Can I preach this message? Are you sure? Now I'll give you a simple scenario. Mark, Matthew, chapter 14, verse 30, quickly. And I want to show you what we are going to enter into. This picture of his footstool is here. It is unmerited, unflinching authority. What does he say? Let's read together. Then when he saw the wind boisterous, do you have another version? Now, the Bible says, the wind bloweth wherever it listed. You know, there is air. When air gains velocity, and it becomes wind. Then when wind intensifies in speed and strength, it becomes boisterous. This didn't give it. I never find another version. Now, if you look at the terms that was used in the Greek for boisterous, it was speaking of typhoons and hurricanes. Because you feel the wind, John 3. But you can't see it. So the moment you can see wind, it is like a whirlwind. When wind begins to spin like that and takes the wind. So you are not to see wind, you, to, you are supposed to feel it. But the Bible says. When a uh -huh, strong wind, okay, it tried a little bit. He says, when Peter saw the wind on the water, so it tells you that it was like a spinning wind in the ocean. 
And that picture is hurricane level. Typhoon, because that's where those things happen on the sea. Then look at this. Jesus, after praying all night, begins to walk in the midst of typhoons. He doesn't stop it. Bra, bra, thunder, lightning. He's walking. So Peter says, ah, if, if he calmed it, he don't know it's him. Because last time he calmed the storm. This one he didn't calm it. He was walking. He said, Lord, is it you? He said, yes, me. He said, if it's you, then please say, come. He said, are you sure? He said, come. Then Peter started walking. And as he was walking, bah! I'm sure one passed by him slightly. <laughs> and he was like, mm, 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 mm. I have to apply wisdom. <laughs> you know that Christian statement, apply. He started sinking. He started applying wisdom and he was sinking. Why? He saw the wind rather than the Lord. There are boys of Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. They boasted and said, God will deliver us. And the book of his eyes, eh, okay, we shall see. Hit the oven seven times. They said, are you sure you won't buy? He said, our God is able. I'm sure the guys felt the heat from the oven. and said, mm, if he does not even save us, we shall still not bow. Because they realized that thing is becoming dangerous and God has still not shown up. You know what happened? God allowed them to enter the fire. And God watched them. Why didn't God stop Nebuchadnezzar from putting Daniel in the lion's den? Can I tell you something? Your problems is not God's problem. Some of your miracles are not even how God planned it. Why did he let a snake bite Paul after shipwreck? Because God designed to come to a place where your enemies will observe that bad things are happening, but it's not affecting you. That is the goal of God. Because if, listen, if Jesus stops the wind, then the wind can stop him. So some of the things you are praying is the fear that what you are stopping can stop you. But there's a realm you get to. You are watching you and you are in. You can't do anything. They are like sand on the ground. Their existence does not stop your progress. So sometimes killing your enemies is even a product of fear. You are afraid they can stop you. But God too is telling you that, listen, the lions will be there eating and they can't stop you because they can't chew you. So we will enter it, it's fine. They will tell you you don't have a womb. God will tell you it's not a problem. We will still have children. No, there's realms. <laughs> there's an authority. This is why Bible is saying that when he gets the church to this posture, the world is in trouble. Because none of us will compromise. When they tell us that collect a mark before you eat, we will conjure manna. And everybody will realize that these people, we can't stop them. He will make his enemies his footstool. His enemies will become footstool. So there's an authority the church is about to exert. None of the things that can... Do you, do you bind the mosquito? You slap it. You don't even say Jesus. You pop. Without the name of Jesus, you handle it. That means that there are some things God will face. He doesn't even need you to mention his name. It's like you have reduced the name of Jesus to the point where you used to cut cake in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. He said baptize. He didn't say cut cake. Wedding cake, you need, you, need a, you need the Trinity to cut cake. Why are you the Trinity about cake? In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Ghost. Amen. Wait, try cake. 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 Hallelujah. <laughs> he is going to make his enemies. 
And that is the authority the church is going to wield. There's an authority the church is going to wield. And as 1 Corinthians 15 said, death is the last enemy. So an authority where death cannot even stop us. Death will die when he sees us. Death will die when he sees us. <laughs> Hallelujah. So he said he will send his rod of a scepter out of Zion. There's going to be an exertion of authority in the body of Christ. And that will characterize the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Zion in context, according to Hebrews chapter 12, speaks of the church. We have come to Mount Zion, the city of the living God, to the heavenly company of angels, innumerable company of angels, to the spirit of just men made perfect. So Mount Zion in generic communication speaks of the church. And he says he will send his rod of his scepter out of Zion. It means out of the church, there's going to be an exertion of brutal authority that the devil cannot recover from. I love the mighty men of David. There was a guy called Bedaya. The Bible says he went in the time of winter into a cave where there were two lion-like You know, he's home and away. You know, those the boys understand this one. You don't play certain matches away. But the man was walking and saw a cave and two guys were roaring like lions. And he entered. Call, call, call. Hello. Blah. He broke them into pieces and came out. <laughs> Those people, they don't wait for trouble. They go and look for it. <laughs> Who is talking anyhow? They will enter your camp. David said, I test. And the garrison of the Philistine and went to fetch water from Bethlehem. And when they brought it to David, David said, no, I wished it. It's, I'm not thirsty. So David said, they poured it as a libation. Those men don't fear anything. Bible said, one of them stood in the field of lentils and fought 800 men alone. The Takumite, Adino, one spear killed 800 men by a swing. That's rams. Now, you need faith to stand against 800 men, let alone to swing your sword. No, 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 no. There's an authority come to the church. One day, Lester Samuel went to preach in the Amazon in Brazil. And when he got there, he met the witch doctor who was making people kings and chiefs. And when he saw him, just walked by him. And he he sends the devils in him and walk back to him and say, in the name of Jesus, out! And the man was slain by the power of the Holy Ghost, vomited seven frogs. Yeah, of course, powers were helping him. So he vomited seven frogs, started speaking in tongues and was converted. When he got home, Satan was angry. Satan had scattered his house. The curtains were hanging. There was a presence in the room. When he entered, he said, Satan, what are you doing here? Come on, get out! The curtains came down. All the earthquake, yes, I'm telling you, the earth, everything ended. Then he went to his bedroom. Then he realized that the earthquake had shaken the bed out of place. To lie there, I said, hey, he opened the window. Hey, come back. As soon as I said, come back, the curtains went back. And the place was windy. Is this where you found the bed? Put it back. Bed went back. He said, you are done. Come on, give, get, get out. No, authority. Authority. I, I don't know if it's, it's him or John G. Lake or so. He went for a crusade, came back. And the children are like, Daddy, anytime you go, a black entity will rock your swing chair. He says, that's so. When he comes, come. So he was sleeping and the kids came. Daddy, that's come again. So he came downstairs. When he came, he came to see Satan in his blackness rocking the chair. And you know, this smoky thing. Then he said, ah, it's you. I thought it was somewhere important. <laughs> he went back to sleep. He left Satan in the chair. He didn't bind him. He said, keep rocking the chair. I'm going to sleep. Mm. Authority. Authority. <laughs> Authority. I remember Bishop James Sarr said when he was with the late Archbishop Benson in Dahosa, they were going to Benin City. And then there was earthquake. And there, was a, there was a storm in the air. And the plane lost connection to control center. 
The immediate archbishop lifted his hand and said, Lord, I connect him back to center. So the man was able to trace and they had gone off course, their detour, to somewhere Port Harcourt or something. So they had to land. And when they landed, it was a dangerous flight, actually, because it was stormy, they couldn't trace anything. Systems were down, literally, and they were just flying. flying. So they had gone many miles off course, so they had to land at the nearest airport to refuel. And as we were fooling, Bishop said, 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 Papa, thank God he has given us opportunity to land. Um, I'm going to organize a bus. So he said, James, Ghana boy, we're not taking bus. We are going back in the air to finish the devil. Yeah. Yeah. They are going back into the air. You know, Satan nearly crashed you. And you say, you're going to meet him back again in the air. Authority. And it's not going to be a pastor, a bishop, or a prophet. All of us. Because it's that toe, that pinky little toe, will crush the head of the devil. That's what's going to happen. He will send his rod of his scepter out of Zion. Rule down in the midst of the enemy. So the day you see that in ages, no one is afraid of anything. You should know Jesus is coming soon. Because usually, hear this, every church is the picture of the universal church. So he says, what I say to the angel of the church of Smyrna, right, that when he's ending, he that hath an ear, let him hear what the angel says to the churches. I'm speaking to Smyrna. It is happening in Pergamos. That means that if you want to call the church in general, check AGCM's prayer power. The way everybody is struggling to pray, it means the whole church is struggling to pray. That means that the day AGCM becomes hot, everyone alert. No one is using miracles as the yardstick for Christianity. Something, no, we're idolatry. A lot of you are using breakthrough as your testimony. God is good, irrespective of breakthrough. Then what do Job and Lazarus say? Lazarus was licked in his womb till he died. But he still made it in Abraham's bosom. So the fact that you had wounds and wounds killed you does not mean you failed. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So God is about to give us authority. I said God is giving us authority. And the body is going to work. When Jesus was leaving the church in Matthew, he says, I, and he send, I, say, I send you to all nations. He said, all power has been given to me and I disciples of the nations. The passion says that, go and go and make disciples. So he has given us authority. Say, I have authority. I, have authority. I am enthroned with Jesus Christ and God's power is working fully even in Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. Very, very important. Now, how do you exert this authority and power? Number one, in the name of Jesus. He has given us a name. The authority is used by the name. By the name. Too many things by which the authority is manifested. He has given us a name. John chapter 14 verse 26. Can you read it to me from, from me, sir? Read it. Can we all read together? It means the Holy Ghost can't come outside the name of Jesus. So the moment you say, in Jesus' name, the Holy Ghost arrives. <laughs> God will send the Spirit in his name. So without the Holy Ghost, without in the name of Jesus, the Holy Spirit can't be sent. The comforter, which my father will send in my name. So anytime you say in Jesus' name, the father has sent the spirit. 
You have, no, you have no idea when you say in the name of Jesus, what happens? In the name of Jesus. The spirit can't even come without the name. Hallelujah. What does John 14, chapter 12, verse 12 also say? Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do, he shall do the same, and even what? Greater than this. Now, it's, it's not greater in terms of quality. It's greater in terms of quantity. We'll do greater in quantity, not in quality. And how are we going to accomplish the greater works? Verse 13. Verse 13. And, and is a conjunction that continues from the previous sentence. So greater works than this shall you do. And so the way you do it, and whatsoever. So if you don't ask in the name of Jesus, the greater works cannot be done. And the word ask is the word I too, which means to say demand by rights and privileges. Demand by rights and privileges. That means that, like I said to you, when you say in the name of Jesus, come out, it is because Satan has been stripped of his power. That is why come out works, not because I screamed enough. I demand by knowing my rights and privileges. If someone has paid your fees and they tell you you can't write the exams, because of your rights that you know that it has been paid for, you can argue up to the provost, up to the VC, that it has been paid and this is the receipt. And he said, that is when, when you ask. That's why he said to you that in that day, when you ask me, if John, go to John chapter 15 verse 7, 7, he says that, now, 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 if my words abide in you, if ye abide in me, and by way, ye shall ask whatever you will, and it shall be done unto you. Now, the same access you say, I too, demand by privileges and rights. It means that how to know my rights and privileges is by the knowledge of the Most High. If I don't know, Satan will defeat me. A lot of you are begging for things that are already yours. It is... You don't beg to be healed. Even in the covenant prior to the new covenant. In Matthew chapter 8, somebody went to tell Jesus that. Jesus, are you willing? If you are willing, heal me. Jesus said, I'm willing. Before he died, he said, I'm willing. Is it now that he has died that he's in you, that he's not willing to heal you? You keep begging for what is yours. That's why Satan also denies you what is yours. That's why he said, if you abide in me, remaining in Christ, being born again, and walking with the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what many of us do. But the second part is what we don't do. Like, oh, Bible says we should ask. If we abide in him, his words abide in us, we will ask anything. But before that, there's prerequisites. Number one, you are in Christ. But number two, his words are in you. It means you are conversant with the law of the Lord. Mm. You should know what is your right. You should be conversant with God enough to know this one, it has been paid for. You don't need to beg. Some people are casting out the devil and say, come on, come on, come on. They did it for three hours and they told the demon, please, we beg you. Leave our sister alone, please. They were not, <laughs> they don't know their rights. <laughs> if my words abide in you, he said you will demand by right and privilege what ye will. And it shall be, the word do is ginomai. What it means is this. God is saying that even if I forgot this, the moment you demand by your rights, I will create it specially for you. It's like you're going to a restaurant and asking a certain meal that's not on menu. It, it's not on the menu for the day, but they've written it in the cart that anytime you come, walk in restaurants, you always get it. So you can't even argue that there's menu of the day. It's on your cart. So based on that demand, they didn't plan to cook it. 
Because I know my right, you will cook it. That's what God is saying with the word genoma. This will be least of us. This will be this realm is where God will yield to you. Mm. Who has oh, don't go far, don't go far. The Bible says, Who has known the mind of God that he may instruct him? There is a realm where you can instruct God. Shall the judge of the universe not do right? If they are 50, don't touch Sodom. After everything Sodom has done. Mm-mm, wait. If they are 40, no, no, I think 30. Don't be angry, oh, 20. Mm. Lot, his wife, his wife's husbands, six, eight, at least two servants there, they should be holy. So if they are 10, and God said, I won't. That means that if he came to five and zero, God won't touch Sodom. No matter how he's angry. I will destroy Israel. God, Moses said, you can't. He knows his right and pre- You have no idea how God loves Christians who know how to plead their cause, not argue foolishly. <laughs> That's why the argument tell to Zachariah, you will shut your mouth, mm, you won't talk again. But plead your cause by revelation. Elijah said, Am I better than my fathers? God said, Hey, uh, there are 7,000. No, no, no. It's not true. Can you imagine Elijah told God he's lying? <laughs> there are 7,000 who have not buy. He said, No, I, mean, I alone remain. I alone remain. He said, Elijah, cool down. He said, no, you don't understand. Am I better than my father? Let me die. Let me. You can die. Elijah, what has, it has taken me to get to you. You can't die. No, if it was another person, he would die on the spot. <laughs> Perhaps he's thinking he would die. You know, the Bible says Isaiah 65. There are people who, what they think, I answer. <laughs> so as he's thinking, God will answer him and he will fall down choking. <laughs> I'm sorry, Lord. No, Elijah spoke. And God is arguing. After all the argument, God told me, please, go and look for Elisha. And anoint him. When he found Elisha, to read it. Read the Bible. In fact, when he met Elisha, he didn't even tell him, God said, I should come for you. He just met him and just used the thing to hit him. Bruh. <laughs> didn't tell him. He said, please, please, wait, wait. He said, uh-huh, for what? He said, please, let me go. He said, you're not a serious boy. You're not going to tell your father and mother. Okay, continue. It was Elisha who chased him. Followed him wherever he went. Every day, Elijah will be lying to him. Stay here, I'll be back. He said, no. <laughs> the Bible school people told him that, ah, your, your master is going home. Then Elijah, Elijah came to stop and said, what is the itinerary for the day? Oh, I'm going to fight. I'll be back next week. Meanwhile, too, he has told the students he won't come back. That means that he has no, he has no disanointing to Elijah. You know why? It's anointing that God raised him a superstar prophet. Then God went to look for one useless farmer like that and said, give him the anointing. Because when he found Elisha, he was farming. He was not praying. And there's no record that the man did any spiritual activity to collect mantle. All they said was he ministered like Jah. The sons of the prophets were praying and studying prophetic gimmicks. But Elisha was seven. His master lied to him. He didn't follow the lie. So when they were telling him what was true, you look at the phrase, hold your peace meant, if I think about how he has lied to me, I'll have a wrong perception. And I'll get the mantle. And when you listen to what Elijah said, you have asked me a difficult thing. Why? How is this difficult? God said anoint him. Why is it difficult here? God said choose Elisha and anoint him. Then the same God who told you this, you have overridden what he's saying. You are telling Elisha that, mm, you want double portion. Mm, 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 mm. This is very hard. It's rare. <laughs> It doesn't usually happen. Mm, 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 mm. But if you see me go, perhaps, perhaps. So he knew that if he tells Elisha to stay over the Jordan, he won't get the mantle. 
So he's lying to him so he doesn't see him go. Why? Elisha wants to carry the thing upstairs. That's why if you read the scripture, when the whirlwind came, he didn't give it. It fell off. It means he was carrying it into heaven and God pulled it from his hand. Hey! <laughs> let it drop. <laughs> you must demand knowing you're right. Child of God, you shouldn't be ambiguous about poverty. You are done. Know ye the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. That though he were poor, yet for us, though he was rich, sorry, yet for our sakes became poor. That we might become rich. Don't entertain poverty. Because that action is an absence of understanding your right. Having enough for your children and for you and for your life is high spiritual wickedness. He didn't say you'll be blessed and remain blessed. He will bless you and you'll be a blessing. So the part of blessedness is being a blesser. You are to pay fees for other people. You are to pay hostel fees for people you don't know. That is what God said is the product of being blessed. You that you are here, if somebody paid your fees, wouldn't you be happy? So imagine you have to pay people's fees who are very intelligent. Things will be easy. Hallelujah. The glorious church. Authority. See, authority. Oh, somebody says, authority. authority. Amen. Yes. You must know that it is yours. It's given. And once you know it is yours, God is going to release the blessing over your life. In Jeremiah 32, verse 7, there's a prophecy that came by a statement. And it said that. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Jeremiah 32, verse 7. See what it says. Hanameo, the son of Shalom. Thine uncle shall come unto thee by thee of me, the field of Anathoth. The word Anathoth is answered prayers. Camel is the favor of God. Shalom is the root word for shalom, the peace of God. So the peace of God, the son, he said, the favor of God, the son of the peace of God, shall come unto thee and say, buy of me the field that is in answered prayers. That means answered prayers are a product of God's favor which came from peace. When Jesus appeared, he said, Shalom Aleichem, peace unto you. And he showed them his hand. Because the word Shalom is from the word Shalem, to pay. And he showed them his hands. Shalom Aleichem. What it meant was that the holes in my hands is the invoice. The reason why Jesus didn't clean the marks of the cross is because the marks on his back, the invoice that he has paid for you, if you go to a shop and they tell you country goods, and you say, I can return, they say, okay, bring your invoice, and it's lost. So there are things you cannot retrieve if you don't have invoice. That's why I was awful. When Jesus died and resurrected, he left the hole in his side. He left the hole in his hand and told Thomas to come and touch it because this is proof I suffered. Even in glory, everyone who has had a vision of Jesus Christ sees the hole still in his hand in heaven. That means the invoice is intact. Jesus is your living invoice that he has paid for your sickness. He has paid poverty. He has paid for your sufferings. Please! There is proof that it has been paid for. That's why he kept the holes. Because in the resurrected body, he shouldn't have any wound in him. But he kept the scars to show that he really paid. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Now this is the part I want us to get to. Verse 3. Go to verse 3 quickly. Verse 3. Verse 3. 
Thy people shall be willing in the day of power in the beauties of holiness from the womb of the morning. Now, the people shall be willing is actually the people shall become free will offerings. Free will offerings in the day of his power. What it means to say is that there is coming a day, and I'll show you something very, very interesting about the scriptures. Now, in the Bible, there was two major offerings that Bible talks about. Hebrews chapter 10, 5 to 7 speaks two kinds of offerings. Bent offerings and sacrifices for sin. Not sacrifice for sin, sacrifices for sin. There's trespass, peace, sin offering. So, there are different offerings for sin. But there is one offering that is apart from the other offerings called bent offering. Now, that bent offering was given twice a day, even if no one has sinned. With the sin offering, if you do something, you bring the, a, a, a lamb. The trespass offering, if you, you trespass against your neighbor, you bring a lamb for it. But with the bent offering, you don't have to do anything. It has to still be killed and bent. And in the burning of the um, bent offering, you don't burn the fat. You burn the creature to ash. So you burn the bone, you burn the fat, you burn, you burn the animal till it becomes ashes. And Bible calls it sweet-smelling savor. Now, when the bull is alive... It plows the field. But God is not interested in it. God is interested in the bull when it is an ash. Because ash is the irredeemable part of matter. In the day of his power, the people shall be freely offerings. What it means is this. I'll show you a simple thing. When Jesus died for you, sir, he gave you a gift by his sacrifice. When you are living for Jesus Christ, you give him your will as your sacrifice. So what the Lord says, well done, good and faithful servant, is how much of your will you made him override. Because that is what Adam used to take man out of the garden, his will. So God will reward you in the place where you have allowed your will to conform to his will. That's the burnt offering. Lord, not my will be done, but your will. So that action was enduring the cross and the shame. And so God has highly exalted him. Why? For sacrificing his will for God's will. So in the day of his power, we will have a generation of people who know only the will of God. When you talk to them, God has not led me. I will not go. Why? A prophetic generation is not a generation that is full of prophets. It's a generation that is led by the Spirit. Why? Psalm 105. He rebuked kings for their sakes. And touch not my anointed, Jacob, and do my prophets no harm. Reuben, Levi, Joseph, the entire family of script of Jacob was called prophets. Because was speaking in context. And before a famine, their brother, Joseph, and he was arrested. And he was bound in fetters. So that scripture is in context. He was referring to the entire family of Jacob as God's prophets. So the prophets of God are those you can trace the leading of God in their life. That means the generation that will characterize that army that will come. It's a generation that will be founded fundamentally on his Will in their way. That means anything they'll do, they will find out what is the Lord saying? What is the Lord's will in this matter? Yakobara. They will never move if God has not spoken. That is the day of his power. Because in wherever you go, because he sent you, he you don't show up without him. But when you show up with him, 
all of him will be there. Because the presence of God means God is present. <laughs> and that is the day of his power. There's coming a day, ladies and gentlemen. It just be a cosmetic value that we look like Jesus. It will be an intrinsic function that we do like Jesus. Everything we do, we will talk like Jesus. I do the will of him that sent me. I do the will. That's what Jesus said. I can of my own self do nothing. You, 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 human being, you can do a lot of things without him. But he, Jesus, who is God, said, I can of my own self do nothing. That which I see the Father do, that's what I do. So he must need, a day is coming, Jesus. When you come to Katanga, and the historical books of heaven write, he had to come to Katanga on the day, place. Or he, he had to come to, sorry, Commonwealth. He had to come to Commonwealth on the 13th of August, 2022. And you realize that in heaven, sitting here is approved as the will of God. Because the world do not have a compass. Who will be a compass? But woe unto the compass who has no direction. You must know so you can direct others in it. How do you know his will? So that when anybody comes close to you, they know that wherever Adam is, that's the will of God. So if I'm lost in God's will, I just have to find those people who are the compass of the will. And I said by them, they see put here, they know the will. So if I'm with them, anything they do is God's will. <laughs> in the day of his power, free will offerings. We will surrender our will to the Lord. And we'll say, Lord, what you want, we'll do. We will not choose America over Afghanistan. If he says Afghanistan, ah, yeah, 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 yeah. We will be babbling as if he told us to go to UK. Why? It is not the location. It is the Lord who is sending us with the allocation. It's the Lord who said it is time to go to Afghanistan. So the way I babble for America, I will babble for Afghanistan. Why? He said, let's go. It will be an adventure. We're excited to come to that place. In the day of his power, free will offering. And Bible says, there will be the beauty of holiness. And because of that, it will come from the womb of the morning. Now this womb of the morning, remember what he said in Isaiah chapter 6 verse 3. Then shall we know, if we follow on to know the Lord, his going forth shall be prepared as the morning, as the former and the latter rain. Joel chapter 2 verse 23 says something. That rejoice ye, O daughter of, of Zion, uh -huh, be glad and rejoice in the Lord for your God. For he has given the former rain moderately, and he will cause to come down for you the rain, the former rain and the latter rain in the first month. Then James chapter 5, verse 7 says, Be the of our Lord Jesus Christ. For the husband man has long patience for the what? Precious fruit of the earth. He has long patience that he might receive the early and latter rain. I'll show you something. Now, biblically, the word former rain in the Hebrew is the word moreh. And more means teachers. That means in the coming wave of God, God will reign on us teachers. Teachers. Our teachers. Second Chronicles chapter 15, verse 3. Yes, I think that's it. Yes, I think that's it. Are we there? Let's read together. One to go. So in other words, without the teachers, we will not enter our inheritance. 
So permit us prophets who are teaching these days. Because it is the rain that must come upon the church. I was telling the people yesterday, when we preach to you, we inspire you. But every inspiration has an expiration. But there's no instruction that cannot be used to construct. So inspiration expires, but instruction constructs. Because the moment you expire after the Z, what to do after there's no Z will be on the remit of instruction. So you know what to do to start the fire again. You don't heat up a place and leave them not to know how to start the fire. Because in the day the fire goes out, they'll they'll be back to cold. So the reason why the church has been fluctuating is we've had a lot of inspirers and not instructors. So we're on fire. This is a start. Then when the fire goes out vacation, we don't know how to kindle it again because we've not been taught how to make fire. We've been fed fish, but we don't know how to fish ourselves. So God is going to cause. So I'm just showing something that will characterize the ministry of the last time church. It's going to be the reign of teaching. Reign of teaching. That's right now when you go on the internet, the, the thing that gathers crowds and viewership is not prophetic ministry. It's not 0244. It is teaching. 100,000, 200,000. Teaching. It's teaching. That is the reign for the last day, church. And God is pouring it. But it's not just teachers. They are called teachers of righteousness. People who will show you a right standing with God. People who will show you a right standing with God. But lastly, let me end with this one. So you know where the church must be for the glorious church to manifest. He said, without spot, without wrinkle. And the word sports has, is the way, you know, uh, um, um, has to do with a certain aging mark. As well as, it's like a blemish. It's like a pimple. Then wrinkle means the church is old. It's entered old age. But nobody's come to marry an old bride. You may kiss the bride. When you raise it, hey! <laughs> you roll it back again. <laughs> Hallelujah. Nobody is here to marry an old bride. So Jesus is also not coming from an old bride. He's coming for a freshly young bride. That means that the freshness of the church will be as if it was freshly born on the day of Pentecost. That's what is going to happen on the day of, of the day of rapture. When the Lord comes for his church, it will be like that fresh bride as was on the day of Pentecost. Brand new. And without blemish. What it means to say is this, that before Jesus comes for the church, the world cannot blame the church. Christians cannot blame the church. Even Satan cannot have fault with the church. No blame. Blameless before him. And that's only achieved in Ephesians 1, verse 4. According as he has chosen us in him, before the foundations of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him in love. That means that in the blessedness, our youthfulness is achieved. So he says, from the womb of the morning, thou hast the dew of thy youth. So you become like Sarah. Even at 99, you are winning beauty contest. Ever young. Even at 90, you are found worthy to be Pharaoh's competitors, to, to be chosen as a bride, because you have the dew of thy youth. Your youthfulness is intact. And that comes from something. It's called consecration. So he says, in the beauty of holiness. Holiness is God's beauty. Psalm 89 said it. Holiness is God's beauty. The beauty of God is his holiness. And the word beauty of holiness is the word 
some, some says the splendor of consecration. Consecration is the process. Sanctification is the action. The state is holy. So the end of consecration is holy. The product after consecration is a holy thing. The process from step one to holy is called consecration. Step two, the individual steps in consecration is called sanctification. So fast, pray, wash yourself with water. Wash yourself with water, that act is sanctification. Fast, sanctification, pray, sanctification. But when you do all of that, from step one to step seven, the entire steps put together is called consecration. But the final state after all of that is called holy. Uncommon. And in the Jewish culture, the priest, according to Leviticus chapter 8, had to present the fat, the liver, the kidneys. That means that in the last day church, people will learn courses for the Lord, not for a job. They will give God their best. People will wear their clothes to church and use their beauty to win souls, not to have a husband. <laughs> yeah. No, there's coming a church, I'm telling you. Before he died, a week before he died, he says, there's a move coming. And the first one is the healing rain. A week before he died. And that was Kanoma, Allen, those people. When he died, he said, another one follow the prophetic rain. That's William Braham and the prophetic brethren. Then after him, he said, after the prophetic rain, will come the word of faith movement. That's Kenny Hagen, Charles Caps, those people. Then after that one, he said, there's coming the last move. We will be greater than all of the move. But he didn't mention the name. And I was praying to God. I said, Lord, what is this? He said, remember what I said about John the Apostle in John 21? He, would, he said, they said, if he tarries till I come, what is it to you? That's what Jesus said. And John corrected him and said, he didn't say this disciple will not die. He said, the Lord said, if he tarries till I come. So remember Jesus said, there's a generation that will not die till they see he's coming. Then he also said another time that this generation is likened unto the days of Noah. So Jesus even said his generation was like the generation of Noah. So he was speaking in euphemism. It was not literal. It was an idiom. What he was trying to say was this. Peter's generation has passed. Paul's generation is going. But the generation that will meet the Lord is the generation of John. Who is John? He was the youngest. The least amongst all the apostles. He was the youngest amongst all of them. Number two. He was the one who never said, I love the Lord. He said, the Lord loves me. That means that what will characterize the generation that will miss the Lord is an army of lovers of God. So the revival coming, ladies and gentlemen, is not just a revival of fire and of power and of miracles. It's a revival of love. It is the anointing of the brotherhood. Brothers who have learned to understand that you stand in your grace. I stand in mine. And we complement each other. A love that will swallow up malice. A love that will hate gossip. A love that will be rude to evil speaking. A love that will direct anger when I hear you talking about a brother's weakness and I hear you. I say, stop talking like that. That's the love that we are about to enter. It's a love revolution that will characterize his coming. Where am I loved as I love Christ? That means if I see this sister and I say I don't love her, tell Jesus. That is an ill statement to make. Why? You can't love a human being's head and hate his hand. 
But we are the members of Christ. Yet all of us here say, we love the head, but we don't love the fingers. That's what we are telling Jesus. You hate your brother. You are telling Jesus, I love your head alone, but your leg, I have a problem with your neck. I have a problem with your hand. <clears throat> but I love your head. That's what we are doing. How can you love Jesus and hate your body? So the problem is that crisis is a production of cancer cells. Autoimmunity. Am cannot fail. If we were quiet, the world would have nothing. But they are things that for John. They've come for James. That boy, that he will marry. And God will use him in the ministry. Yes. Wait, stop. Instead of you to be praying, I've cursed to kill him. He says it was an evil spirit doing it. An evil spirit is working. How can you hate who going? Don't get so what if someone is that is look at me in prison and will every day his prayer and kill them. Ah, he entered the lion's den. I'm putting none down it then 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 in Shirama. He didn't pray those kind of things. He kept quiet. Because he knew that what he has got into in God, he that touches him has touched God. He doesn't have to talk. God will kill them for him. That. So who has done you evil who has not done you evil? Vengeance is for the Lord. Is that what he said? Do you know it's the same tense that is used there? So the word that's for God. If you touch vengeance, look at all of us. Everybody like, hmm, hmm, that roommate, eh? ah, prophet, what a, hmm, ah. This is a glorious by Mr. Rastaf. Your master. Who knows that song? Hold you hand by hand. Minister, that song. But you must understand that we are each other's keeper. No matter what a brother does to you, Jesus is in them. That's something when I see all these fake prophets, I just, I, you know why? One time, rich man in Ghana, one they came on radio and said something that impressed me. He used to pay people and handle fake pastors. Then one day he thought about him and like he's wasting money and time. Then they asked him, Mr. Mayo, why? He says, the God that they are spoiling is misrepresenting him. He has not complained. Is it me? I worry myself about it. That's what you are saying. He has not given them accident. And they are doing what they are doing. Why are you become a vigilante? <laughs> then we can trust that your, your vigilante is from the Lord. God set up a vigilante group to spy out fake prophets and fake teachers. He has not given that. The one that even shows me the was about looking for who cares who and who spoke out of God said this and let's see what he really meant. I don't even understand. And this is what the early church did. They were this. In the school of Tyrannus. Acts 19 verse 10. 9 and 10. Do you know Ephesus is present day Turkey? When we get to the place where we are arguing over whose doctrine is right, Islam is advancing. Egypt, Alexandria, was where we have St. Augustine. Tertullian, origin. All the fathers of doctrine were in Egypt, Alexandria. The first Bible school in the world. Egypt is Islamic. You see, Islam is coming. You never see anybody bash a fellow sheikh. No. They have their fight, but it doesn't come public. But Christians, we are arguing over who's rebel. No, it's the Trinity. No, there's no Trinity. Jesus is Argue over Trinity and there are three, there are five, there are seventeen. And from who he said Trinity. It's not in the Bible. You have done well. How many souls did it win? Where did it enhance love? You see, there are non-essential things that you have to learn to ignore. Pray. They don't even know what they are saying. And from who You do pray. 
So he tells you that there's a dimension the church has to walk in. Where you see, yeah, blah, blah, and you are, I love your groom. It's that something. I love it. I love it. And me too, when I'm praying my prayer, and Lord, I thank you. Two drink goyab. You will tell me I don't have demons in my house. <laughs> no, do you have, so we are using the, so we have become medically what they call an autoimmune sickness. The cells of the body is killing the body's own cells because the power to kill the church is in the church. But when we start working in love, let me hear that Muzamadisco pastor has been learning. I said, Lord, what do I do? So there's one prayer I pray, sir. Let me feel what you feel and judge as you judge. God will tell me, pray for him. If you, I know you don't understand the way the Muzamadisco go do their things, but pray for him. One day, what do you mean by that? God, God gave me a said, so I have glory. Add the competition. But the apostles said, nevertheless, do we hear the name of Jesus that we're preached to? Because they, they can't tell why you are preaching. So perhaps, that's the only place somebody in the village. Oh. Oh. As I said, when I look at the fake prophets, I can't preach the tree they preach. In Komshunomishini tree, meet me yet. I bow once a while, now I take up, now I pee, now I say it. My bow back to English. I walk a cancer. I show you a name, I'm going to have a front, to be aged now, Papa. So, say, 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 find Chinebra, say, say, at least you will hear some idol worshippers say, may you come, Bible. At least they've left the idol. They might, at least they are not in the shrine. Child of God, even God hates the devil. Satan came to heaven. Ah, my boy, how far? It's been a while. What, what are you doing here? Ah, it's not your boy, Job. Ah, I knew you were coming because of something. Ah. Look at how Jesus talks to the spirits. He is angry at the Pharisees, but never calls evil spirits by this. You are here. You insult Satan. You are fool, pa. You see, Satan is making you insulting. So when you hear some people, the words they use on Satan, you can see. <laughs> oh, like you are insulting Satan. But the Bible didn't say insult the devil. It said resist him. The Bible didn't say insult Satan. Satan is influencing you to say what you are saying. The person who was being casted out, devil, sir. You two spirits, sir. The spirit is going, say, I'm gone. <laughs> right, you are saying, I'm gone. <laughs> he is still in the body telling you, I'm gone. <laughs> ah, I'm gone. <laughs> Where are you? You are, you are in the body telling me you are gone. <laughs> That's what it is. So sometimes the devil is talking to you and says, you'll be insulting Satan. You see the way you are you say, and you don't even realize Satan influences insulting. Let's love lead. Let the glorious church be a church of love where we have all things in common. Exception. You come to assemblies of God. You have seven shoes. Your back's your shoe size. And you have only one. And he has patched it three times. That shoemaker polish to polish the rope. You see, but you can't look at the thing. It doesn't look, it's not a designer, but it looks like a lot of W is in the thing. W, 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 say, you have seven. He has one. And you don't feel the need. You have a trousers. They bought it from America. It's bigger than you. What from who? What from who? When they make bone wash Hey! So yeah, yeah, you see, by the time you bump one and share, your two pockets are kissing at the back. It's a pocket, and then God knew why it was over your size. 
Your uncle, you gave your size to the uncle, but he made the mistake. You see, when the will of God is now your will, you ask God the question, Lord, why this error? God will say, that guy has to have this. That's why I made him make that mistake. They had all things in common. When was the last time you were? You see, many of the things we do in church, it's not giving, it's philanthropy. And the world can do it. They don't announce, our sister is in trouble, please let's try and give her something. It's a shame to us. We shouldn't be told. We should feel it. That mm, address school fees is not enough. And, um, I don't know. I don't want to make you feel bad. But God tell me I should send you money to help top up with. Then the person will like, Jesus, how did you know? He slept with 500 and you said, how did you know? Sensitive perception. Because love is working. When we become one, you'll be lying in your bed. Somebody's about to fornicate. The Holy Ghost will direct you to the room. Then a guy will come up and say, Charlie, what's up? What's up, Sesame? What's up, Sesame? <laughs> because if you fall as a cell, you are coming to give me extra work. The doctors will tell you, when this hand fails, all the body cells come to help it to function well. So it means that if there is a liver cell, it will move all the way to your hand to make sure the hand is okay before they go back to liver. You are giving it extra work. All you call sickness is sometimes a cell moving from the wrong cell, from the wrong, from the original organ to another organ to assist it. That's why it shuts the body down. So when that part is recovered, so you falling into sin, I shouldn't be puffed up, as Paul said. I should be grieved because you are giving me extra work in this. When you are delivering people from Damango, I'll be handling Keta. So, oh, Rod Ross, I will Damango. So now when I'm praying, I have to do keta and dam and go work. Do you understand? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So next time you see your brother falling, be a skipper. See when we're working, the girl doesn't come to AGCM, we try me this kid. Now, you feel Brother, he's on the lower copy. Don't greet him, hello. He respond, he's compromised. Yeah. That means he's trying to hide. He has entered lots. He's hiding his identity. Because last week we did Adoyaba, Adoyaba. You responded. But minisket into what you doing? Shum, shum, shum. Eh? Zege de bataya. Why are you going? Oh, Charlie, I won't visit you today. <laughs> I, I sense I need to visit you. If I don't, I bet you in this. I had a fellow brother who was in Lagos. And he called me one day. He said, Man of God, I know you are praying for me. I said, Why? He said, I was awful. I fell. We were in secondary school together. And he came to Lagos. I went to tech. I said, What do you He said, Girl. Do something, but coach Amansa doesn't want to work. <laughs> I've tried everything, nothing is working. I know it works, but he said, I've tried that, but he said, I tried, he said, it didn't work. Then I could just sense and felt your face. You were so he said, Me, I advised myself, I just escorted a girl and I escorted her to her home. He said, As soon as I came, he started working. Mm. I put embargo. <laughs> May it not work unto your wife. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Tonight, this afternoon, sorry, the glorious church, it must work in authority. It will receive the reign of teachers. It will bring us to the place where we demand by the knowledge of his word. Not only so, he will give us the blessing of surrendering our will. No more our will. You won't finish school and say go to America. If God has not said it, you're not interested. 
Whatever he is interested in is your interest. That's where your will has become a free will offering. And not only so, you are bathed in consecration. And the consecration is the foundation of your life. If you love God, it will be but a few days. He said, and Jacob loved Rahel. And seven years was like a few days. If you are struggling to serve God and it's hard, check your love. If coming to church and spending time in church is difficult, check your love. Because when you went to visit that guy and went to visit that girl and he called them not in yet, you waited. Patience. For him. Oh, for him. And you, you waited for him. Wait for him. Wait for the Lord. Be excited to spend your whole day in church. The Adventists do it. They don't complain. And we who have life and the spirit, we are highly impatient for the Lord. The glorious church. A revival must break through, break loose in AGCM. When you have Sunday service, strangers will run here. And you'll be here and the glory will be heavy. People will be climbing the stairs. A voice will speak to men in commonwealth. Come, come, come. And you'll see the room being filled. Then one day you see, where well, first time is, lift your hands. Who invited you here? Then ten of them will say, God, there's something told us to come. Ten. Then you know something has started. Why? Sometimes, I say this to end, God will present and preserve a certain number of Christians, unbelievers actually, from becoming Christians because the church has not yet become glorious. Because if they come in Luke 5, they need to break and they will escape. And one of the most difficult souls to win back is a soul that has passed through church before. Because somebody hurt them and they call all of us hypocrites. But when they come and it's pure love, they come with strong prayer, unadulterated word, holiness. And when you are preaching, your face looks like Jesus. Even the vilest of sinners will be gripped on their chair to say, Sir, what can I do for Jesus? So some sinners are still in hell. Not because God is not ready to save them. Because he doesn't have the right pastors to handle them. Because some of the daughters who will come, they will come with miniskirt first. And you must learn how to close your mouth. Some will come with tattoos. And when you see it, you don't cringe. Like, oh, I like your tattoo. When did you get it? Oh, seven years ago. Wow, wow, wow. It's nice. It's nice. You know. <laughs> In the name of Jesus. And I'm not thinking of your tattoo. But I'm thinking of what God will use you for. That's how it is. Else, when God has not raised you in love, they can see judgment in your eyes. Hello, 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 yeah. Child of God. And the, the reason your roommate says you'll never be a Christian, you. Watch that play too. Scrub from all. It's the way of Christ. It's the way of Christ. Stand to your feet. <laughs> And in just this few minutes, because it's a Bible conference, we went through that time. But lift your hands to the Lord. And I want you to speak to Jesus. The Lord, you said you present a glorious church without spot, without wrinkle, any such the aim, and without blame unto the Lord. Speak to him today. That's why I love this song. Mura Maminya Jesus Maminya 
blasting wind and they appeared upon their heads cloven tongues of fire and Jesus when he saw the crowd was moved with compassion and said they are sheep without a shepherd compassion is the energy of the anointing love is the fuel for the war Amy Carmichael said make me thy fuel O feeling of God a faith that is unfailing unflinching a love that is unfailing a passion that has not lost its fire. Make me thy fuel, O flame of God. Can you become God's fuel in your room? Can you become God's fuel in your faculty? There is a revival fire coming. And you must ask him to make you his fuel. Become his fuel in your department. Become his fuel in your company. Become his fuel. Oh, in your family. They were gathered with an accord in anticipation. We are to change the world, not to conform to it. Our conformation is to the heavenly city, is to the heavenly man, Jesus Christ. Oh, 
Jesus. I want to see you. I want to know your ways. I want to touch your grace so I can live your days. I want to see you. I want to see you. Tell me, do you want to see him? I want to see your face. I want to know your ways. I want to touch the grace so I can live your days. I want to see you. Oh, la la la, banda baba diabrabaya. This old Pentecostal hymn that says, Midina Calvary, me poor soul, Nyora, Midina Calvary, me Jesus, when an anointing that God is placing on some people here. In fact, if everyone be tested, God is ready to do it for everybody. It's the anointing of the remnants. It's an anointing that is going to cause you to be immovable by the present deformity of the world. God will give you a system of operation that will prevent contamination to this world. I sense that anointing is coming and it's going to be characterized by fire. There will be a flame upon you. In fact, from today, anything that is contrary to the patterns of God and is against the appearance of the glorious church, you will feel fire come upon you. If you are going to be characterized by fire. In other words, there are some people here who are going to literally catch fire. Literally. You will feel the heat of God. Because he is the burning one. Sinners are afraid in Zion. And the hypocrites are surprised because who shall dwell in the devouring fire and who shall abide with the everlasting burning? Father, Pentecostal, just as the infantile church was born, 
and characterized by fire. Today, reviving the works in the midst of the years, let your flame burn. There are 10 of you here, I see the flame of God coming upon you. Ushers watching, 10 of them, three of them, ladies, Asikoba, Tashkeba, Lobo, Lobo, another three ladies, and I'm seeing some gentlemen, Holy Ghost, right now by the fire of the Holy Ghost, right now, they desire, let the flame come upon them. You will become an attraction to the world. Because John Wesley said, I will set myself on fire and the world will come and see me burn. Watch us watch it. Fire. I feel fire here. I feel fire here. Holy Ghost. Touch them. Jesus Christ. There is fire. 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 There are two of you who have a praying mantle. Ah, there are two people here I see. God is repairing your praying mantle. Praying mantle. Praying. 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 Look, prayer will come as a gift. Prayer will come as a mantle. Look at that. It's coming on you. It's coming on you. In the ashes, watch it. Some people are going to vibrate. Jesus Christ. Let it come upon you. It's Sabobo Shapalayada. The Holy Spirit said he's going to carry you into 24 hour prayer. 20. Oh, there's a person here. God is giving you that ability 24 hours. The next vacation. At vacation, 24 hours, you'll be in his presence. You'll be praying. You will not stop. Your lips will be praying 24 hours. Ushers, please hold them. Hold them. There's a fire in this room. What he gave John Wesley. What he gave Charles Finney. What he gave Smith Wigglesworth. What he gave Bob Jones. What he gave Rejoiner. I release mantles in this room. I, I see an angel holding a 24-hour pray mantle. Look, I know what I'm talking about. He will put it on you. No, it doesn't matter if you're an executive. It doesn't matter if you're a normal member. I'm telling you something. There are realms you cannot touch without some type of prayer. I'm telling you something. I'm seeing somebody. It's going to fall on you. Prayer will be like uh, the way, the way, the way the Lord worked in Lucifer. The pipes and the harps and the tablets and the stones upon his vesture. It was a mechanical dimension within his person. That means that there is coming an impartation. Prayer will be mechanized into your being. It will be easy to pray. You have your organs will be arranged to pray long. And it will be necessary for the revival that is coming. It's a mantle that is coming on somebody. I'm seeing it. I see it on a lady and I see it on a gentleman. Father, mantle them 24 hours in the presence of God. 24 hours in the presence of God. Locanem is so the glorious church. 
Everybody will take their place. Ah, ministry of helps. Ministry of helps and mercies. Ministry of helps and mercies. Ministry of helps and mercy. Orphanages. Ministry of helps and mercies. Ministry of helps and mercy. Ministry of helps and mercy. Jesus Christ. Le kabadosh kabada skapatalwata. Rebambo momo sus tebetalo. There are four people here. God is giving you a healing mantle. Healing, healing. You feel itching in your hand. Itching in your hand. Please, ushers, watch it. Itching in your hand. Itching, 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 itching. Two of you are men. Two of you are men. Jesus Christ. Healing anointing. The healing mantle. Benihim. The healing mantle of A.A. Allen. The healing mantle of William Braham. The healing mantle of Ora Roberts. The healing mantle. Healing. Oh, Catherine Coleman, receive it, receive it. It's all Oh, healing. You are going to heal people in your family. There are people in your family. I see you. One of you has a, a stroke. Somebody who has stroke in the house. The healing anointing is coming on you. You feel it in your right hand. You feel it in your hand. I speak over this ministry if there's any campus that will be characterized by the gifts of God in the coming academic year assemblies of God will stand I'm telling you listen 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 some of your room-to-room -room evangelism will be healing spree. I'm telling. In fact, can I say this, Lady President? Next semester, you guys have to do evangelism by healing. Go to the rooms and just ask: Is anybody sick here? And just start praying for people. It's going to break. Oh, shastada. Someone is connected to the name Susan, 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 or Susan, or something. Susan or Susan, Father. Let your phone here. Let your power fall on this person connected to Susan. <laughs> Let your power fall on her. Jesus will show up in your life. That's what God is telling me. He said, Jesus will show up in your life. You are at a crossroad. Jesus will show up in your life. He is coming to solve that matter once and for all. You reign forever. Your name is ever created. You are the wisdom before time You reign forever. Your name is so great. You are the wisdom before time begins. I saw Reverend Dr. Wingham in your meeting. The Lord said to me, I don't know what's happening, but I saw in the spirit something has to do with a visitation to AGCM. I don't know if he asked you guys to come and have service with him so he can preach for you or he came here himself. And the reason he came, that happened was that God said there was the future head of the church in this meeting, in this ministry, in Lagos. There's something going to happen. Lord, I lift my hand over this ministry. 
You said when I come, I should pray and release mantles. I see a flag that looks like France, President. But it changed to something like Russia. Then it mutated again and looked like the American flag. I don't know what is happening, but whatever has to do with world governing bodies, like UN, like Rachel, like FAO, like UNICEF, like UNDP, I pray and will grant you uncommon favor. Uncommon favor. Uncommon favor. Lord, favor your You're standing as a star in your family. You will shine. Yeah, you will shine. It has been prophesied that you, you will shine. You will bring recognition again to your family. The name they knew your family to be. God said, you send it further beyond the nation. Yes. You send beyond the nation. Lord, I pray for her. Let your mighty power surround her. Whatever your work is in the Assemblies of God USA, Assemblies of God USA, whatever your work is for her, I command the heavenlies rest on her. Most Holy Father, Eyes are open to see you. Hearts are open to feel you. Hands are open to embrace you. Working us today. Eyes are open to see you. Hearts are open to feel you. Hearts are open to embrace you. Working us. I pray for everybody here. I declare the anointing of the revival of the glorious church rest upon you. I pray that you take your place. That the spirit of Christ that sheds love abroad in our hearts will work mightily over you. And upon everyone that heard my voice, even if you didn't get what I said, may the working of the spirit of Christ perfect his work unto that day. Let it seep down into you. Take root. Out and shine forth. Your name be acted. Even in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen.